Hi, my name is Ann Mogilewski. I have been living with scleroderma for over 20 years, and I will be the host of Mogul's Mobcast. This podcast is designed to be a chat about scleroderma. From stories of people living with scleroderma, lifestyle issues like nutrition, medicines and vitamins, to exercise and meditation. I will be interviewing doctors, nutritionists, scleroderma patients, and lifestyle experts. Just a reminder, I'm not a licensed medical provider. This podcast is for general information only. Please contact your physician before starting anything new. Now for our episode. Welcome to episode 40 of Mogul's Mobcast. Today I talk with Susan Murphy and Mary Allure. Both are part of the amazing University of Michigan's scleroderma program. We discuss different programs being implemented at the university. Those include the mentor program, the backers, and some of the research the university is doing. Finally, we discuss the Renew program and their registry. It's also exciting information. Let's get started. Hi, Susan. Hi, Mary, and welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Anne. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to learn all that the University of Michigan has to offer. This is really exciting. But let's start and learn a little bit about the both of you. So, Susan, do you want to start? Sure. My name is Susan Murphy. I'm a professor in medicine and rehabilitation and in rheumatology. I'm an occupational therapist by training, but I haven't practiced in a long time. I really do research primarily in scleroderma and other chronic conditions and looking at non-pharmacological interventions and behavioral interventions. So non-drug interventions is my specialty. I uh, lead the behavioral research at the scleroderma program at University of Michigan. And that's where I met Mary, who, who I work with. So I'll hand it off to you, Mary. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Mary Allure, and I am a uh, scleroderma patient. I have had scleroderma for 10 years now and am a patient at the University of Michigan uh, scleroderma program. So I uh, became a volunteer and started with the peer mentor program. And uh, so I'm a peer mentor. And then uh, was lucky enough to meet up with Susan and her team and became a Renew Health Coach, which is one of the studies going on right now. So, yeah, so basically I'm a volunteer for the program and I love to help out. And I'm a technical person, techie person by trade. So that's my background, but so I hope to, I, I help them out. I hope to help them out with some of my other skills other than scleroderma skills. <laughs> Which she does. <laughs> I'm going to ask Susan just a quick question before we move on. So how did you get involved with scleroderma? I always find that fascinating because I'm sure as Mary knows, I never had heard of it before I was diagnosed. So I know the it's getting more acknowledged, but how did you get yourself into a scleroderma program? Well, kind of interesting. My first uh, introduction to scleroderma was through one of my closest friends got diagnosed. And when she was having, uh, when she was in the process of getting diagnosed, she was going through a lot of symptoms, kind of a flare experience. And I was rooming with her at a conference, at a professional conference for several days. And I I saw 
how she suffered with uh, just swelling and inflammation. She was in, really in an inflammatory state, state and also was an occupational therapist. So we were talking about it. And, and uh, that's my first introduction to it. She did get diagnosed and and it ended up that she had sort of a scleroderma-like disorder. It's under the umbrella, but it really was my first opportunity to understand like what even scleroderma was, because even as an occupational therapist, it's, well, you know, it's so rare. So you may never see a person with scleroderma in, in your career, or you may see one or two <laughs> over decades. So it was eye-opening. And, and then one of my professional colleagues, Janet Poole, um, she does a lot of scleroderma research and she became um, a good friend of mine over time through some of these conferences that we're going to and has really championed a lot of research in the area. And I think I, I'm so blessed to know her and to kind of build and expand upon her work because I think, you know, that's once I learned about scleroderma and, and became so enamored with the people and, and how much they care and want to contribute and give back, like, it became a, a passion for me to really help out people that uh, have this condition. So it, 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 I think I got fully into it um, probably seven years ago and, and I was doing research in, in other conditions, but really like this area and think there's so much to be done that, that there's a lot of need and a lot of evidence that needs to be built. So, um, so that's kind of how it all started. I didn't know that about your, um, friend or that you have yeah mm-hmm. Mary, let me ask you a couple questions too about okay. your scler- let's with your scleroderma what were you diagnosed with are you limited are limited I am no I am uh diffuse so I have diffuse scleroderma um yeah yeah about uh 10 years ago I started getting the symptoms of swelling inflammation swelling in my fingers, joint pain. And uh, of course, it took about nine months to get a diagnosis, which is actually pretty good considering to some of the stories that I've heard. Uh, So it took nine months, you know, after going to doctor to doctor to doctor, I was lucky enough to finally find a doctor that referred me to Michigan Medicine uh, and lucky that I live just an hour away from a scleroderma clinic, which is you know, I thank God for because it's like, wow, because I talk to a lot of people and, you know, they have to travel or they don't see a specialist. So very lucky to have that and have them help me so much. And they help me so much that that's why one of the reasons why like I need to help others (laughs) and I want to help the doctors help others. What, What do you think is the biggest side effect for you? What is what is the main thing that you're troubled with? Uh, the main thing that I'm troubled with right now, uh, in the beginning, it was the the swelling, the joint pain was, you know, and just unable, I lost all my range of motion and all that kind of thing. But now my biggest thing are my, my hands. I have uh, contractures. Yep. I have definitely have those and uh, my stomach. My I have a lot of stomach issues, GI issues, I should say, GI. So right now, those are my two things okay. uh, which bother me. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so impressed by all the things that the University of Michigan does. So let's start with what you help with, Mary, the peer mentor program. 
Yeah, uh, the peer mentor program is a program that starts started with the uh, a few of us. There's three about three of us who were like we really we got together and we were like, we really want to give back. We really want to help patients who are diagnosed and help them in like kind of the clinic setting when they come to the the clinic and to talk to somebody. Cause everybody's like you said, and that like, that, like, what is this? I don't even know what this is. This is something we've never heard of. So we kind of get together. There's three of us that and talk to our Dr. Kana, who is our, our the main uh, the lead director of the program. And we're like, how can we help people? And he put us in contact with the uh, Office of Patient Experience, which is through the Michigan Medicine uh, Hospital system. They have uh, Office of Patient Experience, which helps patients in so many different ways. But one of their things is a peer mentor program. And initially it's, or I shouldn't say initially, but what I see most is that they help patients when they're in the hospital. Uh, so if, and the one that I always remember is like, if you're there and you're getting a kidney transplant, they will send another person who's a peer mentor, who's trained through the system to your uh, room in the hospital and talk to you about their experience. And um, actually just be, you know, their peer that they've gone through what you've gone through. Uh, so they have that going on within the hospital system. But ours was different because we're really not, we come to the clinic, patients, scleroderma patients come to the clinic and then we leave. You know, we come for our appointment, we come for all of our tests and then we leave. And then you're kind of like out there, like, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, so we were, we're, ours is different where we actually talk to patients um, when, after they're diagnosed and we offer our, ourselves like to be, you know, if they want to call us, if they want to email us, text us, we'll, we'll go through any form of communication to talk to them. Um, and basically we just share our experience, you know, of how, what we went through and, and, and they, the people love to hear it because they're like, I'm not alone. They're like, okay, okay, you're okay. You've, you've had this, you've had this for 10 years, you know, you're, I'm not alone. So, yeah. So how many people do you see right now? Well, right now mine's a little different because now I'm a renew health coach. So I haven't seen many peer uh, mentees, uh, but people, you know, not, we have about 12, well, maybe it's changed now, but let's say we have 12 peer mentors and they used to have about one each. We try to spread it around. Spread it around. Sometimes people come and they're overwhelmed. It, it, they do want to talk to somebody, they don't. So it's very, we leave it up to the patient. We're here for them. They need us. They can contact us at any time. Uh, so we kind of leave it open. So it's kind of cool in that the, the rheumatologists uh, really love this program. And when people are newly diagnosed, they usually refer them right away and they come to us and we try to assign people to a peer mentor. So not um, so, so people have a chance to be a peer mentor and they don't, you know, we don't have someone that has, you know, 10 people at one time <laughs> that, that they're mentoring because there is some burden associated with mentoring as with any kind of volunteer position is that you don't really know 
in this case, I think uh, people use peer mentorship in many different ways. I know when we talk about it, like some people might just want to talk to someone one time and, and some people want to talk periodically and, and more often. And so it's hard for us to know exactly what the burden is going to be, but we do try to not, we, we try to have some control over the burden of peer mentors. So even though they love to do what they do, it, it's a lot. And, you know, I think, and Mary can speak to this, is that, you know, it, you can leave you with some kind of, you can leave fatigued, I guess, from conversation sometimes, you know, and not to say that people are just laying all their burdens on you. But I think anytime you talk to someone who's coping with something, if you, if you talk to a lot of people, in the same way, you might get kind of tired from, from that. So we just try to kind of spread it around and, you know, keep it within the hospital system. So it is a program that we offer within the hospital, within the medical school. Um, but we have found that people find us because of our research and they want peer mentors and, and we, can, we can kind of hook them up that way. But if they're outside of our system, we're trying to set up something through the Scleroderma Foundation, um, Michigan chapter, um, so that people can get peer mentorship wherever they uh, get their care. It doesn't matter. So it'll just be the peer mentor may be based at the foundation as opposed to um, University of Michigan. But that's what we're working on right now is to try to get that support network in place. It's an excellent idea. And did you say, and I probably missed it, how many mentors you have right now? I, I at one point we have 12, but I it might be of changed and it's changed. People, you know, because we leave it very, you know, we if people aren't feeling well or anything. So at one point we have 12. It may be less now. I think it is less now. A lot of things happened with COVID going on, of course. So we kind of lost some and I mean not lost, but they they just didn't do it for the time and so uh, I don't know. Susan, do you know the exact number? I think 12 is probably close. I, I haven't counted either recently, but we do ask people on an annual basis if they're interested because we uh, want to make sure that they're still in the position to do the mentorship and still want to. And we try to bring new people on that are interested and and we find a lot of people that want to volunteer. So we want to have a, a a, a group that uh, represents some variety of people, like young, older men, women, severity of disease. We, we try to have a lot of different uh, types of experiences that people might go through and, and match people accordingly to people that we think might offer some insight and, you know, as best as we can. We, we just try to offer that for people. Right. Yeah. What a wonderful program. Let's talk a little bit now about uh, the backers. You can somebody want to explain your backers? Yeah. <laughs> so again, back, uh, our core group of it was, and I don't know if people know, but Anita Devine and Sherry Hicks and myself, uh, we when we started all of this, we always wanted to get people together somehow. And pre-COVID, we actually even had some in-person events. Um, we had something like we I mean, we had a lot of people get together at a restaurant and we we used to have tried our best to do in-person events. Sherry used to do fundraising events uh, through her church, through her, her. We did that one time. But so what happened is then COVID came along 
And of course, everything switched online. So we kind of, we kind of put it over there on Facebook, which we created the scleroderma backers because we want to have your back. Uh, so it's just the, the core group of us. And we, we started on Facebook and uh, trying to put out content out there to help people. Again, help people. We really just have this need that we wanted to get the information out there and um, get together with others online. So we do try to have uh, monthly or every other month events. Okay. Uh, we bring in speakers or um, Sherry is our host. She is uh, a teacher. She's a, she's a teacher. So she is very good at putting on events and getting conversation going with people. Um, we just had a, a holiday event and where we just talked, really, we just sat there and talked on Zoom for about an hour and a half. Uh, so she's really great, a great host. And so that's our thing with the backers. We try to get together, get people uh, connected with other people and uh, try to have some fun. Try to laugh. <laughs> very important. Very. Yeah. Uh, do you meet on a certain day, time usually? We usually meet the third or fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, but we're trying, that kind of is varies because we know, we learned that there's the Scleroderma Foundation has a training or I don't know if they're still doing it, but they had a training for leaders at that same time, either the third or fourth Tuesday. So we're it does vary, uh, but we post it on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page, uh, which is if you just, uh, or it's a group, just scleroderma backers. We have uh, that and we post it out on there. We send email invites to those events. Um, but yeah, we're trying to keep not have, there's also a, uh, the scleroderma men group. They meet on a Tuesday. So we're trying to like find out the best date and time. <laughs> and so anybody uh, can come then. So it's since they, you can be anywhere in the world and join it. Enjoy. Yes. Yes. Anywhere. <laughs> I know I was going to come last time, but Tuesdays, it seems like everybody has a meeting on Tuesdays. <laughs> okay. See, we need to rethink, to rethink that. Not pick Tuesday. <laughs> I just had, yeah. Let's talk and maybe, Susan, you want to start with this one on the research that you're doing at the university. Yeah. So um, we've been trying to do some studies to see what the evidence is like in a hand and arm rehabilitation and in some chronic condition management. So we started out with some trials, which we're still working on, where we're looking at occupational therapist-led uh, rehab for, for hand and arm contractures and mobility and strengthening, and uh, did a couple studies where uh, we were looking at uh, kind of eight, eight standard sessions an occupational therapist would do with a person versus um, having kind of equivalent uh, type exercises on an app and sending that home with people. So we, the first trial, clinical trial that we did was looking at kind of this in-person session versus app. Um, in one, people would get randomized either to have that kind of two things or um, just the app alone. And um, we found out that um, people that did the in-person sessions plus the app did really well for about eight weeks. 
but then the following 10 weeks kind of um kind of lost some of those gains when they stopped seeing the therapist but when we gave people the app they steadily improved over time to about the same point <laughs> to where the other group landed so it was kind of interesting to us because Scleroderma being a rare disease, it's hard to get to specialty centers to see therapists for eight sessions. We know that the occupational therapy helps. Um, just there's a lot of evidence um, that shows that it helps. But like anything, if you don't make it a habit um, and do those things, um, it's like any kind of habit <laughs> that um, you lose gains over time. So when we started people out with the app, a lot of people integrated that into their behaviors a little bit better. So their use of the app was actually much higher than the other group because the other group really valued the therapist time. So it's just kind of interesting. I think we learned about human behavior <laughs> um, as well as um, being able to give people an app um, for home exercises. So we're continuing on with the research. We want to do a multi-site study because you need a lot of people in a study to um, have it be powered to tell you more definitively what the results are. So that's sort of our next step is we're trying to get some a, a network together where we can do um, kind of a tele-rehab trial where um, people would have an app, but also see the therapist like through, through Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanna um, work on the access issue as well as trying to get people the treatment that would help them. Um, especially early in the diagnosis, it's really important to do hand exercises. So that's, that's one of the studies that um, we published a few papers on that and are trying to do bigger studies. But the uh, other one that we have that's ongoing is called the RENEW study, which is an acronym, which I don't remember what it, it means now, but it has resilience in it and energy management and something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's a trial where um, people get randomized to a, a treatment or they're on a wait list to receive the materials at the end. So we can see if just adding this helps them with their fatigue. Um, so they get uh, an app that we designed uh, for people with scleroderma and with people with scleroderma, um, which doesn't look like a bunch of doctors talking to you. It looks like a bunch of people with scleroderma talking about their experiences and it integrates a lot of evidence that we know works for chronic conditions um, from cognitive behavioral therapy and positive psychology and some of the things that we know work. Um, but it's really from a patient lens and not from a, a doctor lens, because I think all of us hate having a doctor tell us how to do something when they don't have that experience. So it does, even if you don't have scleroderma, you can get that feeling of like, yeah. how would you know? And, you know, thanks for your best efforts. You have no idea what you're talking about. So we, we kind of took, um, you know, information about um, physical activity and diet and, and pacing and, and some of the things that are really important for management, but then use a lot of strategies and perspectives from people with scleroderma. So it's, it, we have that in an app and also a website that that Mary helped us build, but the app lets you track uh, your goals and uh, you can set goals and track your behaviors over time. And the health coaches are there to meet with people, I think about 10 times over a 12 week period. So they have calls uh, like Zoom calls or phone calls if they can't do the online. Um, and 
that's been extremely positive um, for many people. Um, so we're really trying to figure out if we can make this part of clinical care. And mm -hmm. so that's where we're doing a pretty large clinical trial right now that we're recruiting for and mm. anyone in the world can participate. And we've had people from seven countries participate. So mm. it, it's been great. Um, and, and really it's just um, to see if we can build the evidence for this kind of care. And if people like it, um, it's trying to fill the need of helping people deal with um, the burden of symptoms and um, being able to talk to someone and have good resources and, you know, be able to use these technologies in a way that supports them. So even our app took into account like people with limited hand function and, and other things, because we had a lot of users testing it that had scleroderma to give feedback on, you know, clicking versus scrolling and how big the font should be and, you know, lots of things about the app. So, so we're pretty proud of the app and, and, um, definitely for the health coaches and the, the health coaching aspect to it. But um, we're recruiting probably for another four months mm -hmm. into the study before it finishes. Um, so anyone that would like to, to be in the study, um, we can uh, have information that we can share with you. And okay. um, we have like a QR code that people can, you know, take a picture of and, and go to a um, kind of a form they fill out or they can email our coordinator. There's a lot, a lot of different ways they can get in contact with us. Do they need any qualifications or just having scleroderma is good enough? There are a couple, um, but they're pretty um, minor. I think they have to show that they have evidence of scleroderma. So people like have to send in either a doctor's note or there's a couple things that we can accept and, and they're pretty pretty broad. Most people can do that fine. And then our, our coordinator has to ask a couple questions um, just to, to make sure um, that they qualify. Um, one of the main things is that people aren't engaging in like another treatment that could impact pain or fatigue or have a planned hospitalization or um, a trip where they're going away over that time that would be really disruptive. But but. It, there's not a lot of exclusion criteria because we're trying to have a just being 18 and over too and, and English speaking and, and having a smartphone or something that they can access the app. Mary, tell us how, how you deal with it and what you how it works with you. Okay. So yeah, so I'm a health coach and I they there's three of us actually. There's three health coaches, Sherry, who I mentioned before, and Adam. And we all have scleroderma, of course, and we were, again, trained on being health coaches. Uh, so what happens is I get assigned a person and we have a uh, regularly assigned date and time over the, it's a 12-week period, but um, some of the weeks we don't meet because they're bi-weeks and that's near the end of the program. But so for the first six weeks, we meet uh, every week at the same time. And I ask them to go through the app um, and there's seven modules okay. and we ask them to pick a goal. So they can be a goal there. The modules are like movement, mm -hmm. um, pacing yourself, relaxation, sleeping, uh, eating with, or I was, oh, fueling with healthy food, fueling with healthy food. Um, things that we all do that we 
we should do, we should really develop good habits around. Um, so we, we go through each module and I ask the person to tell me really what the first thing is that they would like to work on uh, and have them set a goal. And usually it's, they do start with the movement goal. Uh, and, and it's, I've had people who are like, uh, super duper exercisers who are exercising all the time to people who have limited uh, mobility and there's always a goal to work on it it doesn't matter like it could be for somebody who is exercise you know really into exercise maybe doing more stretching um, just instead of just stopping their workout and getting out and keep you know moving on so we'll set a goal like for that person like stretch, make sure you stretch five minutes after your workout. Um, and so we set a goal like that. Or if it's somebody who doesn't, you know, maybe just walking around the house uh, or during commercials, if they're watching TV, just standing up and making sure they stand up every, um, every hour, once an hour. Uh, so we'll set small uh, goals and they're smart goals. So they're specific goals. So it's going to be something like um, they're going to move for this is just an example, like they're going to walk around the block uh, for three days this week for 15 minutes. So we set very specific goals uh, and things that are attainable. We really we don't we're nobody's going to start running a marathon. <laughs> we don't you know, we're we're not doing a 5K or anything. We just tell them to do what works for them. And so then the next meet week we'll meet and we'll go through and we'll talk about their goal, how it went, did they attain it? Did were was it how did it help them feel? How did how did they feel after they did it? And uh, we'll adjust from there. And we know that life happens and sometimes people can't get their goals like holidays. This has been a, you know, a very busy time for people. And people are like, I just didn't, couldn't do my goals. And that's okay. But we're talking about them every week and we're working on them. So, so then they add, start adding new goals. So maybe the next goal would be sleeping well. And something could be like, they're going to establish a sleep routine. Like an hour before bed, they stop using their phones, you know, that just, just there's, we have so many ideas and there's so many little things you can do that what I've learned, so many little things people can do that really impact your well-being. Just like stopping using your phone a half an hour before bed, you know, and, and help you. And so I'm just there to be their accountability partner, cheer them on and uh, talk to them about what's going on and if how things are working for them. So we do that over the seven modules and then we start going every other week um, and they, they continue working on all their goals. All their goals get stacked. Like they're all working on, you know, they could be working on five goals. But again, they're, they're attainable. We're not, you know, they're not huge things. Um, and and so that that's about it. And they talk about it and um, it's been very positive. People have really enjoyed the program and they've learned new things. Even people with scleroderma who've had scleroderma for years, they've learned new things and they're, um, you know, getting more steps in or they're sleeping better. 
um, or they're pacing their, their, themselves because, um, you know, we like to go, 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 and then we get exhausted <laughs> and we're just done. So we're we're trying to conserve their energy, too, so that they have the ability to do things they really want to do. Uh, so so yeah so it's it's been a positive experience uh, for for them and even for us as health coaches because I've incorporated a lot of these tips into my life too and I know that I can keep on working on them and uh, feel help myself feel better and help myself with my energy levels sounds like a wonderful program how many participants have you had and how long has it been going on so um, we started it about a year and a half ago, and mm -hmm. I think we were trying to get a hundred, about 170 people, and, and we mm -hmm. have over 100 people that have completed the program now. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so we're, um, we're funded by the Rheumatology Research Foundation, and it's a two-year project, so, okay. so that's why we have sort of an end date in mind. We, we are trying to get more men uh, and people from uh, minority groups. There's a lot of white women that want to participate, which is great, <laughs> but we'd love to get more feedback and an interest. Really, we, we constantly try to improve the, the resource and, and the resources and, and, you know, are not sure why we're not attracting other people. And it, it may be some of our outlets. We're, we're really trying to, um, to, uh, direct some of our recruitment um, to people that we would love to have in the program so they can give us some feedback. Um, certainly our app is very uh, inclusive um, and we try to um, show a lot of variability in many different ways and um, would love to have um, other people participate. So, um, and especially men because we, well, not especially, but, but men is one group that we've noticed because we we have men health coaches for the purpose of, you know, being able to connect men in this capacity and have had very few male, males wanting to participate. And it's like not clear. Our, our health coach is a detective and he's, he's an awesome health coach. Like, like he's so great. Like, like I'd love for people to just meet him, you know? know. But, um, so, so that's sort of my, uh, my plea to the community is that um, any men, any people, um, from minority groups uh, that, you know, just variability, like really helps our research. I've got a couple of people in mind that I will contact. Thank you. <laughs> that I'm sure they would be willing to help. I shouldn't say that, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. We don't want to put them on the spot. No. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your research registry. Yeah. So, um, People can join our research registry and that also we can, it's sort of the same way they would sign up for Renew. We can send a QR code, they can contact, we have an email. If they want to sign up, it's, it's a really short uh, survey to fill out with just kind of name and contact information and how they'd want to be contacted for opportunities that come up. And um, a lot of the opportunities um, are really just for uh for studies like focus groups, um, for online surveys, for things that we pay for, but they don't have to come anywhere to, to they don't have to travel. Um, so that's why we are opening up to everybody. Doesn't matter where you live. Um, 
And for our studies, sometimes we're looking for people like say with just limited scleroderma or just diffuse scleroderma. And we, we ask um, some information where we could have sort of a targeted recruitment of just a, a subgroup that we're interested in or a certain age or, or whatever. So the, the registry is a, it was approved by our human subjects review board. So it's, it's, um, you know, protected information and they monitor it and we keep it confidential and it's for five years. If someone could be contacted for five years, but if they decide they didn't want to be on it anymore, we can take their name off. But um, it's like any other study. It's a regulated registry um, through the university that we can just um, be, it just allows us to be able to contact people about um, studies. Okay. How many people are on it right now? Over 500. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and that just helps our ability to do research more quickly. And um, if there are grant proposal deadlines that come up and we need to do, you know, a quick focus group or, you know, see what people are thinking about a topic or need feedback about our research, we might gather people together and, and that's a really easy way for us to do it. We also have used it for a study on, um, on brain fog. One of um, the postdoctoral fellows here, Yan Chen, in our scleroderma program um, has uh, started a research program on cognition and cognitive difficulties that, that came about because she was uh, talking to people who mentioned that it was a problem. <laughs> so um, now has written a few papers on it and, um, and has started to write some grants to do some larger studies on that. So um, we really, it, it's very patient uh, directed um, and that's what a lot of the registry is about is trying to gather perspectives and experiences that can guide our research. Wow, you are doing such amazing stuff at the university. Excellent. My great team. <laughs> Any last words of advice as we end the podcast? Hmm. You're Mary. Yeah. <laughs> As a health coach, <laughs> as a health coach, I, well, one of the things is that I think it's so important to connect with other people that if you have scleroderma, to connect with other people with scleroderma, you know, we all have a great support network. Hopefully we all have a support network through doctors, families, friends, family and friends, but uh, there's nothing like talking to somebody else who has is going through what you're going through, who has a shared experience and can relate and really can just listen to you and 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 validate what what you're going through. Uh, so where whatever route, if it's Facebook, if it's listening to your podcast, if or even all the way to signing up for research studies. Uh, it's a way to get involved and, and to feel connected, to get that sense of community. Uh, and that's what we've learned, too, that people, you know, they need that community and um, to really, again, just not feel so alone in this in this disease and with this condition. Uh, so there's so many ways to get connected. And I highly recommend and that people connect with the community. That's great advice. I don't, I don't know if I have additional advice um, other than um, from my own perspective. Don't don't just blindly Google stuff. <laughs> That's the yes. worst thing you could do. 
about any condition. And I, like, that's why I think like the peer mentors and the backers and, and, and this podcast and like, like it shows that like, no, this is the real life experience and it's not as scary as it seems um, from, you know, what it's painted to be on these, on these internet sites. So um, if you're going to look for information, the Scleroderma Foundation is a great place to look and be careful about how you how you do searches. <laughs> I got that is great advice. That's great advice. Well, thank you both for coming on and sharing this wealth of information. Thank you Thanks for, for having, having us. us. It's really fun. So we'll we'll share information with you, Anne, and then maybe we can figure out how to post that uh, with the podcast. But we have we have some information where they could easily click on our our stuff and and find us. Wonderful. Great. Thank you for doing this podcast too. What a great way to get information out there. It's, it's really great. Amazing. It's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please share this with other people living with scleroderma, their family, and friends. If you could, please give a five-star review for the podcast. It would mean so much. If you have feedback, questions, or guest recommendations, visit me at my website, mogulsmobcast.com, or email me at mogulsmobcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook at mogulsmob. 